that we're looking at Psalm 91, we've just read it, uh, God speaks it to us, let's ask him again uh, to, as he's spoken, the Bible read, we ask that he'll uh, speak his word preached. Let's pray. Father, please do be at work by your spirit as we uh, hear your word. Uh, please work in us who hear it. Help us give attention to you, help us to understand you, help and enable us to trust you. Amen. This sounds brilliant, isn't it? Um, It speaks the safety and security of being under God's care. With the Lord as your shelter, you are always safe and secure. This psalm is Christ by right. It belongs to him. And it's yours as a gift. I mean, it's yours as a gift if you're trusting in Jesus. If you're trusting in Jesus Christ as rescuer and ruler, these wonderful words about safety and security under God's care are yours. Now, if you're curious but not yet committed, these wonderful words aren't yours yet. But they will be if you turn in trust. Uh, You'll get to live Monday to Sunday, week by week, year by year, knowing you're safe and secure under God's care. Think for a moment, what would it be like to live Monday to Sunday, week by week, year by year, knowing you are safe and secure under God's care. Just so you know where we're going as we get into the psalm, Uh, verses 1 and 2, the writer speaks for himself. He says, the Lord is my safety and security. Verses 3 to 13, he speaks to you. It's you singular. Uh, And he says, the Lord is your safety and security. Then verses 14 to 16 are written in the Lord God's voice. God himself says, I, the Lord, will be your safety and security. You hearing the repeating theme? Yeah. Verse 1 says it up front. Uh, This is the theme and motto of the psalm. He who dwells in the shelter of the Most High will abide in the shadow of the Almighty. Those who already shelter in the Most High as their God, will continue to live in the shadow of the Almighty. That's the absolute statement. And then verse 2, the writer makes it personal. The writer calls the Lord my refuge and my fortress. See, he's saying that he himself has a shelter to hide in from danger. The shadow of the Almighty is the picture of him being near God and under God's care as his king. Uh, He has a refuge, it's somewhere where he is secure. A fortress, a a protection from attack. And the living, true, loving and holy, almighty God is his shelter, shade, refuge, fortress. He is safe and secure. He is safe because the living, true, loving, and holy God is his safety and security. So that means that no one 
and nothing can get to him because no one and nothing is above or greater than the Most High. Every thread is cut down to size. No one and nothing can overcome the Almighty. He is more mighty than everything else. God's name, the Lord Yahweh, points to his complete independence. He is who he is. No one and nothing can pull the rug out from under him because he depends on no one. So there can be no greater safety, no surer safety than the most high, almighty Lord Yahweh. And the writer knows him as his God in whom he trusts. His relationship with the most high, almighty Lord Yahweh is trust. He leans in and trusts him. He knows the one he trusts is trustworthy. He knows he is safe and secure. He's not the only one. Verses 3 to 13 speak to you. Uh, Each time you glance down through there, each time it says you or your, the word is singular. In English, we don't have a way to say you, you're in a way which which is obviously you, all of you, or you, each one of you. But the footnotes will say it's a singular. Uh, they, They tell us to hear it not just as you, all of you, but you, and you, and you, and you, and you, and you. We can listen to this section as if the writer is speaking to each one of us. I can hear these words spoken to me personally. You can hear these words spoken to you personally. Verse 3. He will deliver you from the snare of the fowler. He'll keep you safe from the surprising and unexpected danger. And from the deadly pestilence, the plague that deals death. He will cover you with his pinions, wings, and under his wings... Uh, you will find refuge, like, like chicks safe under the wings of an enormous bird. His faithfulness is a shield and buckler. You will not fear the terror of the night when you can't see the dangers coming, or the arrow that flies by day when enemies attack, nor the pestilence and plague that stalks in darkness, nor the destruction that wastes at noonday. All those dangers mean death for others. But what strikes them will not strike you. Verse 7, a thousand may fall at your side, ten thousand at your right side, but it will not come near you. You will only look with your eyes and see the recompense of the wicked. Because you have made the Lord your dwelling place, the Most High who is my refuge. No evil shall be allowed to befall you. No plague shall come near your tent. You hear what he's saying? He's talking about safety in any and every circumstance, at any time and in every place. Day and night, Monday to Sunday, week after week, year after year. Why? Because God, verse 11, will command his angels concerning you to guard you in all your ways. On their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. You'll be safe and secure. But not just safe and secure. 
you'll triumph. Verse 13. You'll triumph even over the most deadly and dangerous creatures. You will tread on the, on the lion and the adder, the young lion and the serpent. You will trample under feet. You personally, the Lord is your safety and security. And safe in him, you will be untouchable. That's what the writer says. And then the voice changes, verse 14. Verse 14 to 16, the Lord God Almighty himself speaks. He confirms what the writer has said. As he promises refuge, as he he describes the people he protects. Uh, Listen for the three things that he says in in verse 13. Verse 14, 15. Listen for the three things he says about the people he protects. Because he holds me fast in love, I will deliver him. I will protect him because he knows my name. When he calls on me, I will answer. So the, the people God protects hold fast to him in love. The ones who long and yearn for him as the one their heart is set upon They cling to God as the one they love. And they know him by his name. They know him as he has revealed himself as the Lord Yahweh. Compassionate and gracious, slow to anger, abounding in loving kindness. The Lord God protects and holds fast. The Lord God protects those who hold fast to him in love who know him by name and who call on him. They they, they pray. They know they are the dependent, helpless ones, and they call on their almighty, independent God, who is willing to help and able to help. Now, look through verses uh, 14 to 16 again. This time, uh, listen for the protection God promises. Listen for the kind of further up and further in experience. Uh, From when God first saves uh, through every situation and into the full enjoyment of long and glorious salvation. God says, I will deliver him. I will protect him. I will answer him. I will be with him in trouble. I will rescue him and honor him. With long life, I will satisfy him and show him my salvation. These are wonderful words. These are wonderful words for the people this psalm belongs to. Anyone who hears this psalm and knows the words belong to them and is right that the words belong to them can say with the writer, the Lord is my safety and security. And here the Lord God himself promise that he will be their safety and security. This psalm speaks the Lord's wonderful ability to protect his people and his devoted commitment to their safety. It is impossible for anything to overpower the Almighty which has a dreadful other side for the wicked. See, anyone can read and hear the wonderful promises of safety and security, but these words do not belong to everyone. 
some receive their reward. Verse 8, the wicked receive their recompense. Now, recompense just means reward, payment, wages. The picture in verse 7 is of a person being spoken to and standing as a thousand fall beside them, as ten thousand fall. But the things bringing death to them don't touch or even come close to God's person. What's death to them is reward and wages they've earned for being wicked. They're not unsafe, they're not safe and secure from snare or deadly pestilence, terror, arrow, pestilence, destruction, evil, and plague. They are not safe because those things are sent by God as recompense, reward, payment, wages for their wickedness. They receive their reward from God. See, the universe does not repay and bring balance. The living and true, loving and holy God repays. Anyone can read and hear the wonderful promises of safety and security in this psalm, but the words don't belong to everyone. So who do? Who do the promises of safety and security belong to? The devil suggested to Jesus that these words are about him because he's the Christ, the Son of God. Matthew chapter 4 verse 5 says, should be a slide. Um, Matthew chapter 4 verse 5 says, the devil took Jesus to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, if you are the Son of God, that phrase coming out of Psalm 2 and 2 Samuel 7, a way of talking about the Messiah Christ, if you are the Messiah, if you're the Christ, throw yourself down, for it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Jesus doesn't say the Psalm's promises aren't his specifically as Christ. He does say, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. From another part of the Bible, the promises of Psalm 91 do belong to Jesus. They are his inheritance as the Messiah Christ. And they belong to him as the one person who deserves them. He is the person who perfectly, verse 9, made the Lord God his dwelling. Verse 14, held fast to the Father in perfect love, related to him perfectly as he is, lived every moment in prayerful dependence on him. The promised safety and security from God's judgment belongs to Jesus. But he comes into his long life through receiving the recompense, the reward, the payment, the wages, which rebels deserve. Jesus was not preserved from the fate of the wicked. He was numbered with them in his death. He was innocent, but he received the recompense and wages of the guilty. 
He agonized over entering that judgment. But he entered it with the firm confidence that his father would bring him through and raise him up. Rescue and honor him. Satisfy him with long life. With eternal life at God's right hands. The promise of safety and security that it belongs to Christ Jesus as the deserving heir who received the reward for the wicked and is raised up to eternal glory. Because they belong to him as the one who suffered and is raised, so now the promises of safety and security belong to Christ's people. Unlike him, we don't deserve to stay safe. But this side of the cross, we can see that our safety and security from judgment we deserve is only possible because of the one person who deserved to be protected but stepped in and faced the judgment for us. The one person who deserved to be protected stepped forward to protect us. The judgment you and I deserve fell on him. He is our fortress, our shelter, our refuge. He gathers us under his wings. He protects us from pestilence, destruction, plague, of God's judgment. Because the death we deserve fell on him. He is our shelter. The Lord Jesus is our refuge. He is the fortress upon whom all the horrors of judgment fell so that they will not fall on us. Everyone who trusts in him can live with the confidence that he is our safety and security. He is our safety and security from the horror of the judgment we deserve. When God judges, you'll see it, but not experience it. You'll deserve to experience it, but not experience it, because Jesus protects you from it. You are safe and secure from God's judgment in this life and at the end. Whatever else may happen in this life, whatever difficulties you may face, whatever suffering might come, you can live through it with the confidence that comes from knowing with certainty you are and will be safe and secure in the Lord Jesus. As you lean in and trust, as you lean in and trust Jesus as rescuer and ruler, you can hear this psalm and be certain that you are and you will be safe and secure in the Lord Jesus. You can say the Lord is my safety and security. You can hear the psalm say to you, the Lord is your safety and security. You can hear the Lord God say to you, I will be your safety and security. As you hear that reality, let it sink in. Let it tune your thoughts, your conscience, your will, your passions. I'll suggest some ways it might do that. But first, one way it won't work into your head, heart, and life. It won't make you reckless. Remember the devil's misapplication of this when he tempted Jesus? He basically said, try it out, 
and let's say if God comes through. Under God's care, we are immortal until our life's work is done. But that's not a license to live recklessly. To think I'm safe under God's care so I can take stupid risks. Well, that's perilously close to what the devil said to Jesus. Soaking in this truth will not make you reckless. That's one thing it won't do. I'll mention five things that it will do. At first, it will send you to Jesus. It will remind you of how much you need Jesus. He is the only, the one person who who deserves to stand safe and secure. None of us deserve to stand safe and secure from God's judgments. Jesus is the only person through whom any of us or anyone we know can stand safe and secure. Soaking in this truth, will remind you how much you need Jesus. It will send you to him as your one place of safety. Second, it will give you confidence you're under his care in every circumstance. You live under the care of the almighty God who is above and greater than every power. It will help you say with the Apostle Paul, Romans chapter 8, verse 35, Romans chapter 8, verse 35 to 39, it will help you say with the Apostle Paul, who can separate us from the love of Christ? Shall tribulation or distress or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we are being killed all the day long. We are regarded as sheep to be slaughtered. No, in all these things we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am sure that neither death, nor life, nor angels, nor rulers, nor things present, nor things to come, nor powers, nor height, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God in Christ Jesus our Lord. None of those things, none of any of the other things can touch you apart from our Father's sovereign care. None of those things or any of the other things can touch you apart from our Father's loving, sovereign care. Whatever happens, you can be confident you're under his care. The third implication is that you're never getting what you deserve. See, when hard things come, uh, the ones that are hard to stand under, when your guts churn, and as you're trying to process just how bad the bad news is, as Christ's person, you can find yourself still wondering and asking, why is God doing this to me? What did I do to deserve it? Is God punishing me for the time when... And this psalm can remind you that with Jesus as your refuge, you are never getting what you deserve. God is in control. He has reasons uh, for, for, for the things he allows to touch us, reasons which we may never grasp in this life. But he is clear about this. He is not paying you back for what 
you have done. Jesus already faced it for you. He paid. You are safe and secure in him. You can be confident you're under his care in every circumstance. And as those things work into your head, heart, and life, another implication is love. Love to God who sent his son, love to Christ who faced what you deserve. You can savor and appreciate God who in his love and goodness has brought you into Christ as your place of safety. You can savor and appreciate his rich generosity to speak these wonderful words to you as one of Christ's undeserving people. And you can respond in love to the pleasure of knowing that he cares for you. You can respond in love to his loving use of your sufferings to remake you into Christ's image. Uh, To his care for you throughout this life and into eternal life. These realities can work love for God and love for Jesus. The reality of... um, your safety and security as you trust and hold to Jesus, your safety and security in Jesus, it won't work recklessness into your head, heart, and life, but it will work courage. A a courageous confidence in your Savior. A courageous confidence that frees you to serve and honor him. Elizabeth Elliot wrote the story of five pioneer missionaries uh, to Ecuador. They were spared to death by the tribal people they were aiming to bring the gospel to as the very first people to bring it. She wrote that story in a book called In the Shadow of the Almighty. Words from verse 1. Those missionaries lived safe and secure in God's care. They were spared to death in the shadow of the Almighty. And the Almighty kept them safe. They faced the danger, confident in his care, and he kept them safe. He brought them home. It was true for them, and it is true for you who trust Jesus. Nothing will touch you in this life apart from your loving Father's sovereign care. Bad things may happen, but only those your safety and security permits. And secure in his care, you are free to live in godliness and holiness. You're free to uh, pursue our Savior's saving purposes. These realities give us courage. The 19th century preacher Charles Spurgeon wrote um, these words in uh, his commentary on this psalm. I mentioned 19th century because it's slightly archaic language, but not too much. It is impossible for any ill to happen to those who are the Lord's beloved. The most crushing calamities can only shorten the journey and hasten their reward. 
To them, ill is no ill, but only good in a mysterious form. Loss enriches them. Sickness is their medicine. Reproach is their honor. And death is their gain. No evil in the strict sense of the word can happen to them, for everything is overruled for good. They are secure where others are in peril. They live where others die. As these realities sink into your head and heart and life, you can live Monday to Sunday knowing how much you need Jesus. Confidence you're under his care. Clear that you're never getting what you deserve. Loving the Lord Jesus and the Father who sent him to save. And living courageously in godliness and holiness which honor him. And devoting yourself to pursuing his good purposes. Secure in his care. Let's pray. Our almighty God, the most high above all other powers and authorities. We thank you for the words of this psalm. We thank you for your Son, our Lord Jesus, the one who deserved to stand safe and secure from uh, any touch of pain or suffering uh, or judgment or condemnation, but who took on flesh, who dwelt among us, who came to save Father, thank you that these words which are his by right are his and your gifts to all who trust your son as rescuer and ruler. Father, please do write the, this confidence in us who trust him. This confidence that will, would shape us um, every hour, every day. That would see so clearly how much we need Jesus and the forgiveness he has brought. And that coming to him and knowing him as our shelter, we would be confident that we're under his care. Clear that whatever is happening in this life, that as your forgiven people, we're never getting what we deserve. That we'd respond with love, to your Son who gave himself for us and to you who sent him. And loving him and loving you and knowing your care that we would live courageously, that whatever challenges come, we would courageously live in godliness and holiness to honor our Savior and devote ourselves to pursuing our Savior's saving purposes while we await the day he returns. For his glory and for yours. Amen.